Hey, hey, what's up? It's the Zisu back again. E-Society podcast, and this is NBA check-in with the Zisu. What's up, everybody? Uh, I'm back again. Uh, the last two episodes, I had the Nez along, but now it's back to just being me. I usually like to be able to throw it to the Nez, be able to get a reaction to stuff. That's what I love about when we do our E-Society podcast, being able to, to toss it back and forth. But uh, when it's just me, I like to try to keep it rolling. So that's what we're going to do. So uh, yeah, uh, tell you about what we're talking about this episode. It's April 3rd. Uh, as of right now, I'm recording this. The Warriors are playing the Lakers. Uh, as expected, Warriors up big, 94-71 with 10 minutes to go on the fourth as I record this. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to talk about uh, the Warriors' past couple of games, uh, Timberwolves, Hornets, Nuggets, and this Lakers game. Uh, get a little bit into possible playoff matchups. Playoffs are right around the corners. And end of regular season awards. And a little bit on uh, Russ's... Uh, 2020 Nipsey Hustle shout out game. So I'll uh, finish up with that. But uh, yeah, as I mentioned, uh, might as well kick it off my beloved Warriors. Uh, the season is winding down. We're last down to our last handful of games. But uh, I'll go back a minute, talk about uh, Timberwolves game. Oh man, this one, <laughs> this one was a game that the Warriors are so typical of them, you know, up and down. Game they should have easily won against a non-playoff team, the Timberwolves, but instead it was like close throughout, pretty competitive, ends up going to overtime. Uh, They get down big. Steph hits three threes in a row to tie it, and, you know, they're going at the refs, and, like, there's a moment when Steph tied it back up where they're, like, him and Andre are, like, pointing at the refs and (laughs) almost surprised they didn't get ejected right there. They did end up getting fined for uh, criticizing the refs because uh, when it came down to it, uh, Katie didn't get this uh, and one shooting the three like he should have. And then on the other end, barely touching towns on inbound plays, they called the foul there and (laughs) they, they, the Timberwolves won off a free throw. So they won by one point. So, that was a pretty frustrating loss. Uh, definitely one of the most frustrating of the year. Of course, as you expect them to do, though, they bounce back. Huge win against the Hornets, a game that was uh, never close. Steph always likes to uh, go big against the Hornets, only plays them twice a year. So not surprised they didn't do that. But then the one that I uh, was really looking forward to with the one seed still on the line was the Nuggets game this past Tuesday. And I uh, was just really looking forward to that. I want to see a good effort from them. You want to see them getting ready for the playoffs. This is the second seed. Uh, challenging for that one seed. At the time we played them, uh, I think we were only one, maybe one and a half up on them. So that game, they could have you know quickly made it up and been right on us, if not you know completely tied with us for that one seed. So... But, yeah, this was one of my favorite games of the year to watch. The Warriors looked great. Even when the the Nuggets came out and were competitive early, the Warriors matched that competitive energy until the Nuggets just couldn't hang anymore. And then we started to just roll them, put them away. Cousins completely dominated uh, Jokic. Uh, I think I mentioned this before, but uh, I know I've talked a lot about the possibility of KD leaving and uh, 
get to that more soon. But I would love, no matter what, to keep Cousins. I know from the beginning, everybody's like, this is just a one-year thing. Cousins, this is a prove-it year for him. He's, you know, somebody's else is going to pay him big. And especially after this playoff run, which I'm expecting big things from him, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody does. Uh, you know, there's only so many free agents out there, and, you know, people are going to have money to spend. That being said, I'd love to have him back. I feel like watching him, I get so excited just because we never... You know, in years, we haven't had that kind of, uh, like, low-post low dominant president. We've had guys like David West and whatnot can do a little here and there, but it's amazing to see what Cousins can do around the basket, the offensive rebounding he gives, the little, you know, back-to-the-basket moves. We just never had that, so it's a fun twist while still maintaining, you know, the outside, you know, shooting, Clay, Steph, KD, you know, if KD stays, but... Uh, yeah, I'd love to keep Cousins. We'll see what happens. Uh, but I might as well roll that into what's going on with KD. Uh, I feel like every, ever since I've been doing this NBA check-in podcast, it's been talk about him leaving. And you almost wonder if all these stories do come out and even just his attitude. Like I say, sometimes he feels like he's not into it. I do got to give him credit that uh, more than not, I've seen him, you know, involved with the team and, and stuff like that. Still, you know, it'd be a little more, but I mean, he he is who he is and he's never been like that, you know, buddy, buddy, you know, jokey kind of guy. They still, you know, they laugh here and there. And uh, there was an amazing moment tonight in this Lakers game where uh, there's like a fast break opportunity and Steph on one side of the court flipped it behind his back all the way down court to... KD for the nice dunk and that was awesome so but even that like I don't know he like didn't look at Steph he kind of had his head down and like pointed like at him like shout out but no eye contact there so I don't know there's other stories out there uh, Bill Simmons and Rick Buecher talking about like it's done deal he's going to the Knicks they've heard the rumors they know people close to him and yeah it's like all but set now he's going to the Knicks and you know I I said I, I figured I was leaning that way but then you also get people coming back what's like you can't say that like what if you know we, we should win another championship but like what makes him more likely to stay winning another championship three in a row okay I'm good we're gone or losing it and then hey we, maybe we should get this right I think it's actually uh, if I had to pick out of the two I'd say losing um, clears clears it from to leave. Winning would actually make you have you have to think like, do you really want to leave? The, you know that the dynasty. Do you really want to not be part of that uh, try for four in a row? You know, but I don't know. If you just look throughout NBA history, you know, it just it just doesn't happen. No matter what, you know, the easy example is uh, uh, Shaq and Kobe Lakers. Like, yes, they did go back after that and then they lost but I don't know like you know they they started to not get along probably worse than even uh, Katie and Draymond who seem like they've come back together seems like there really isn't an issue there so that's good to see but uh yeah I'm just excited to start this playoff run uh let me take I wrote down the current standings the other day but I want to make sure 
nothing has changed as far as these possible playoff matchups. Yes, okay, they have. So the other day when I wrote it down, uh, OKC was in that eight spot, which would have been a crazy first-round matchup. I don't think the Warriors would have had any problem, but still, like, if I'm being honest, that's not who I would want to see in the first round. You know how hard Russ goes. PG's got the talent. Warriors obviously can out-depth them and shouldn't be a problem, but... I just feel like if you had a choice, Spurs or Thunder, you'd want to see the Spurs. And as of right now, uh, it's OKC's in that seven seed at 45 and 33. San Antonio's in the eight seed, 45 and 34. So it's still have time to switch out. But uh, yes, I'd definitely love to just see San Antonio and, and uh, get that first round series out of the way uh as of right now denver okc would be the that that matchup for those two teams and i know everybody's in the media everywhere that i keep up with pods and stuff everybody's saying like denver's the vulnerable team vulnerable for upset of all these uh of all the top seeds out west like they're the one that's ripe upset and I don't know about that because looking at right now Portland's sitting in that four seed but I'll get back to that in a minute um but yeah uh OKC Denver series yeah I wouldn't be surprised at the very least to see it be a long series but that being said personally I think Denver would end up winning that series in advance because they actually do have depth too and that is OKC's biggest problem is their depth so yeah, I, I would say Denver takes that series. Uh, the next matchup would be Houston and the Clippers. Yeah. Um, interesting series. It's hard to see the Rockets not sweeping through. Uh, Clippers play real hard, and it's amazing they even made it to the playoffs. And not only do they just squeak in, they're 47-32 and 32 this year. They had an amazing year and they are the sixth seed right now and they feel pretty much locked into that we're winding down only a handful of games let me see I can see here so it's uh thursday april 4th we still got april 5th 6th 7th uh the 9th the 10th and uh it has the 24th living here but yeah it looks like april 10th is the final game the final day of the regular season so yeah, I mean, there is time technically to move, but most likely uh, they're stuck in that spot. Um, I think the Clippers would be very lucky to get two. They might be able to steal one, but probably not. <laughs> uh, in all honesty, I wouldn't be surprised to see Houston sweep through that series. Which brings us to the 4-5 matchup, Portland and Utah. Uh, Portland holding on to that four seed at 50 and 28. Utah's 48 and 30. Poor Portland. <laughs> Last year, they got swept uh, being the higher seed by the Pelicans. Anthony Davis tore them apart. And this year... I would not be surprised to see them get swept again. And it's not because of the Utah matchup. It's because they've been decimated by injury. McCollum's been out for a while. He'll most likely be back for the playoffs, but he's going to be playing injured. 
They lost Yusuf Nurkic, their third guy. He's done for maybe more than a whole year. So, yeah, I mean, they're just, you know, too bad. Sorry, Portland. <laughs> but, yeah, I would I, – I could see Portland getting a game, especially at home and after getting swept last year, maybe even two – but I also wouldn't be surprised to see the sweep also and see Utah just do the same thing that happened last year. So poor Portland, especially sitting in that, that four seed holding home court. It'd be sad, but uh, hopefully Portland can at least get game one or two for the fans and give them that. So, All right, so that was the Western Conference playoffs. Uh, and right now, before I get to the East, I guess I'll say right now, You know how much I love basketball. I'm doing this NBA check-in. I love not just the Warriors, but the NBA in general. That's why I started doing NBA check-in. So I figured uh, hopefully everybody likes what they're hearing. Uh, Appreciate all our E-Society audience. And I think for the playoffs, I was doing this once a week. Uh, I think I missed last week, though. Uh, I was doing this once a week, but... Or did I do that one, Nez? Anyways, whatever. (laughs) Um... I think for the playoffs, I'll probably do this either daily or every two days just to kind of keep up with it, especially uh, the first round. There are going to be so many games going on. Uh, I feel like it'll warrant that coverage. And, you know, I'm crazy about this game. I love it. So uh, be able to give my own takes on what's going on with the NBA playoffs. But uh, yeah, that being said, let's get into the East where almost everything is locked up. If the playoffs started today, and yes, the bottom of the standings are still in uh, a lot of flux. Uh, I'll just start say right now in the sixth seed, Detroit 39 and 39, seven Brooklyn 39 and 40, Orlando in the eighth seed as of right now 39 and 40, Miami uh, right outside 38 and 40, and Charlotte most likely done but not technically eliminated at 36 and 42 so uh as of right now it's mainly just is it going to be who of these four teams are going to take those three spots Detroit Brooklyn Orlando Miami it looks like it's probably going to shake out the way it's sitting right now uh which is too bad because you know Wade's at the end of his career would have been nice to see him at least get one playoff series even if it was against the Bucks, and that would have been a four or five game series but uh one of their other best players Josh Richardson he just got hurt and he's gonna miss the remainder of these last few games of the regular season so that's the last thing that that they needed so yeah doesn't look good for them uh that being said wow Orlando finally back in the playoffs the first time since the Dwight Howard years so uh shout out to them good for them uh I know it was actually a goal of theirs this year and I thought they'd actually get in easier than they they they've made it because they had a good start but then they fell off so but yeah that first round matchup would be against Milwaukee oof you know, Milwaukee's that one seed uh, right now sitting with the, the best record in the NBA. They will finish. Uh, they're at 59-20. and 20. The Warriors are the best out west with 53-24. and 24. So, yeah, they won't be catching Milwaukee. So if that was the NBA Finals, Milwaukee would have home court. Amazing as that sounds. Actually, uh, Toronto, too, is 56-23. and 23. They'd have home court, too. 
So that's kind of crazy. If uh, Milwaukee or Toronto was the East representative against the Warriors, they'd have home court. But yeah, uh, Milwaukee, I know uh, they've been hit with a ton of injuries too. But just earlier tonight before this Warriors-Lakers game, (laughs) oh man, even with the injuries and even with Embiid playing, and I love uh, this Sixers team. Yes, Butler didn't play tonight, but still, uh, they were at Philly too. They were at home, so... Uh, I can't believe (laughs) that they couldn't get it done. But it just goes to show, Giannis, uh, uh, just a tip where I'm leaning, because I'm going to talk about awards here in a minute. He's got to be the MVP. I mean, if anything, you know, tonight's game has got to say that. Like, they're missing so many people, and uh, Bledsoe got ejected tonight, too. They still won. So I picked Philly to win that game, too. It was Jeez. So I would not be surprised to see Milwaukee sweep Orlando, but it would also be cool to see Orlando at least get one win. If it is Orlando, anything can change now. Brooklyn could Brooklyn or Detroit could actually drop into that eight seed. It's real fluid. Miami could come up and do it. So that's why it's so hard to talk about these matchups. But just as of right now, we'll say it's Orlando-Milwaukee. Orlando would luck, be lucky to get one. So... Yeah, uh, Toronto and Brooklyn. This would be an interesting series because you might remember a few years ago, the uh, I think is the uh, GM, general manager of the Raptors, uh, came out and uh, told the crowd, the Jurassic Park crowd that uh, gathers outside the Toronto arena. He tried to fire them up with a F Brooklyn. But he really said it, which is kind of crazy for an NBA GM talking to a crowd and, you know, knowing they're on TV. <laughs> That's going out. So, uh, you know, most of the players from there, except for, you know, I think Kyle Lowry is still on that team. But, you know, all different players. But uh, that being said, I feel the same thing for this series. I really like Brooklyn's team. I like what, uh, D'Angelo Russell's been doing this year and, uh, cool to see him resurrect his career, but the reps is going to be too much. Most likely a sweep. Hopefully Brooklyn can get one in Brooklyn, make it a five game series. But again, I wouldn't be surprised to see a sweep, which brings us to, uh, the 3-6 matchup, Philly and Detroit. I really like the Sixers. I love this Sixers team on paper, but, you know, on paper is different from reality. I've been touting them all year as my pick to come out of the East, so I'm not going to give up on them now. But I got to say, tonight, the fact they couldn't beat Milwaukee at home, that's not a good sign, especially with all the injuries and the ejection of Bledsoe even, and they couldn't they couldn't take that. So, aye, aye, aye. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Philly. Uh, you know, it was my pick, so I'm going to keep rolling with them. But, yeah, that being said, uh, Philly-Detroit, if that's a matchup. Uh, Detroit's the one team I really don't believe in. Uh, Blake Griffin may go off for a game and <laughs> – kind of uh, repeating record here but yeah I'd say in my opinion I'd say they'd be lucky to get one game uh, Philly is a team that needs to win now so 
Yeah. Uh, I I think either uh, four or five game series. Uh, but yeah, I'll call it sweep. Let's just go out on a limb and put that. Uh, last one. Boston and Indiana. It's so funny. You watch any NBA coverage, any podcast. The Pacers are the one team for most of the year that was sitting in the like three, four seed in the East. And only just recently have they fallen down to that five seed. Uh, but as of right now, Boston and Indiana are both 47-32. So it really is coming down to these final few days of the seasons. And they could flip. They're fighting for who's going to have home court, who's going to host the first two games of the series. So uh, I think of the East matchups, this is the most competitive. Uh, Boston, on paper, has the talent, but they haven't put it together all year. They've, they've been so up and down. Uh, so, many, so much drama, so much controversy. Uh, Will... They be able to put it together here in the playoffs, probably. <laughs> uh, I wish I could be bold enough to say that Indiana is going to win this series. I really do. It, it feels like the more fun thing to do, but I just can't do it. <laughs> I say even if uh, Indiana ends up in that four spot and Indiana gets to host, I still say Boston wins this series. That being said. Uh, I am confident uh, this is going to go 4-2. So this will go six games. I will say that. I will say Indiana, no matter what, home or away, starting is going to get two games. So, uh, yeah, I mean, as boring as that sounds, I've got uh, I've got uh, Milwaukee, Toronto, Philly, and Boston coming out of the east. And I've got Golden State, Denver, Houston. But I do have Utah over Portland. So there's my one semi-upset that's not really an upset. I know, kind of boring chalk, but, you know, you got to go with what you think is actually going to win. You can't just throw it out there. Like I said, I wish I wish I could pick the Pacers. I wish I could pick uh, OKC over Denver, but I don't see it, so... Yeah, that's my little uh, playoff preview. And like I said, uh, in the middle there, I'll probably, especially for the the first round of the playoffs, I'll probably be recording either every day or every other day just to keep up with the games because, you know, so much will be going on. I'll probably fall back a little uh, as we go further, especially once we get to the conference finals because that'll, you know, that'll be every couple of days you get a game there. So... Yeah, probably fall back a little. And then, of course, the NBA Finals. I'll probably, for the NBA Finals, especially if the Warriors are there, uh, which obviously I'm counting on, I'll probably just record after every game for the Finals. So, And then even going further, just to project uh, where you know NBA check-in is going to go, I still keep up with the league, obviously. Uh, we'll have the draft, we'll have free agency, so I'll do that. And, Anytime I need to check in uh, across the summer, last year before we even, I even did this, uh, this, you know, it was a relatively new pod, uh, we, d- we covered both LeBron to the Lakers and Cousins to the Warriors on uh, East Society Podcast. We did specific pods just for that. So if anything like that happens, no matter what, uh, at least I will jump on. Uh, Going to be a big summer for free agency. So uh, yeah, actually... 
as I'm recording this, the game just went final. Warriors final score. Come on. They're playing all the final credit stuff. The Warriors won 108 to 90 was the final score. So 28-point lead. Would have been nice to get two more, get that 30-point win. That's what I was looking for, but that's fine. It's all cosmetics, so. Uh, yeah, good win. Of course, the Lakers were putting nothing on the floor, so can't get too excited about it, but I'm glad the Warriors just didn't mess around and, and have it be a competitive game. That would be even worse, so. All right, uh... We talked about the Warriors. We talked about playoff matchups. Let's talk a little uh, end of regular season awards. I did this last time too, but um, until we get to the end of the regular season, might as well do this. Uh, probably the next pot I'll record will be when the regular season ends here in a few days. So put a just a wrap on the season then. But uh, end of season regular awards. Uh, MVP, I'm going Giannis. I don't know how you can't. I know Harden's had a charge. But that's the whole thing. Giannis never fell, fell off the whole season. While Harden had a really rough start to the season, it wasn't until the new year that he really turned it on. Those first two months, it was Giannis. And, you know, you can't take those first two months away. And Giannis never fell off. So he's kept it consistent. Uh, he's both sides of the court. And like I said earlier, tonight's game... I mean, there's a there's a MVP game for you right there. Um, gonna check the box score for that if it'll let me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that uh, Milwaukee won one twenty eight one twenty two. Let's look at the box score. Giannis thirty five minutes. 13 for 22. He hit three threes, 13 rebounds, six assists. He had 45 points. That's a statement win to at Philly. Sheesh. Oh, man. Yeah, like, that's, to me, like, I already had Giannis, but I don't know how you can't put the lock on it. I know Harden's been putting up crazy number, and it's it's crazy. Uh, Harden has been MVP candidate you know, all through, uh, you know, Steph Curry won the, the back-to-back ones. Then Russell Westbrook won it. Then Harden finally broke through and got his last year. And now Giannis, Giannis has got to get this one. But it's crazy to, to, to see, you know, it's amazing. Uh, you know, love for Harden. He he in all real at reality, not that he, they would have, media likes a story, people that vote like a story, but he really has been eligible for the last five MVPs and is probably going to be one for five MB, MVPs. So that's crazy. I know uh, the, the first one of Steph's, I know that one's one where uh, – they started doing the player awards that year, and I know the players voted for Harden that year, so whatever. The next year after that, Steph won unanimously. It wasn't even close, so that's we had the, the over 400 threes year. So. Uh, Steph would probably be in the conversation this year if he hadn't missed that chunk of games. But uh. Anyways, yes, Giannis. Giannis is the pick. Uh, what else? Uh, coach of the year. I know the candidates being thrown about. Uh, 
Coach Bootenholzer for the Bucks. Uh, seems like the logical pick. They've got the best record in the league. They got Giannis. Uh, the other people, uh, Nate McMillan with the Pacers. It's cr- incredible what he's been able to do, especially uh, losing their best player in Oladipo and still for most of the year holding that three and four seed um, in the end. At the worst, the five seed out east. Uh, who else? Uh, I feel like I'm forgetting some. Oh, Doc Rivers with the Clippers. Everybody thought uh, it was a lost year for them. And then even halfway through, when they tra- traded Tobias Harris, they were like, okay, they're giving up. They're tanking. And not only did they not tank, they rose up in the standings, like I, like I was saying. It's crazy. They got the, uh, the sixth seed, so... Incredible, uh, better than the Spurs, better than the uh, the Thunder. You know, you know how revered those teams are. So, uh, I know. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> it. You you, you do. You want to go bold. You want to make a bold pick, but uh, I don't see how it can't be Bootenholzer uh, because he unlocked Giannis and they have got the best record. And he hasn't. Did he win in Atlanta? I don't think he did when he was in Atlanta, but I don't know. They had a they had a good record out there too. Anyways, uh, you know they've got the storyline, and yes, they have Giannis. But even losing people here, they still have the best record in the whole league. Uh, sometimes it feels like that's what it takes to win Coach of the Year, unless you've won it before. Then maybe it would go to a story guy like a Doc or. Uh, you know, somebody else. So, But I'm going to go uh, Milwaukee's Budenholzer for Coach of the Year. Uh, defensive Player of the Year. Oh, man. This is uh, really hard. Uh, for a lot of the year, I was thinking Gobert. I would love to pick somebody from the Warriors, especially my guy, uh, Dre. But uh, he hasn't had the greatest great year. So can't, can't be him. Uh, I don't know how many uh, votes he'll get. Maybe a few uh, third, fourth place votes, if that's even a thing, where he might finish like fourth in voting. But uh, from what I've heard, what I've seen as far as other coverage, uh, I know Miles Turner of the Pacers has a really good uh, defensive rating. Uh, He's got... uh, I think he's way up there in the blocks category and the rebounds category. So uh, I want to throw the Pacers a little love, and I will I will go, I will uh, pick Miles Turner as my pick. So I got to make sure I write these down. So once the awards are in, uh, I wish they still did them during the playoffs, but they do them once the whole season's over. They do this NBA Players Award Show. Uh, not crazy about it, but. Okay. Uh, Oh, sixth man of the year. Uh, it's no contest there, and everybody knows it. Uh, Lou Williams of the Clippers. It's really no other uh, contention there. Uh, most improved player. I know there's a few contenders. Uh, you got D'Angelo Russell, the Nets. Uh, I'd love to give it to him. De'Aaron Fox of the Kings. I know some people say second-year players shouldn't be eligible because, of course, you're going to get better in your second year. 
but I heard this one's pretty much locked up too. Uh, Toronto's Pascal Siakam uh, is, you know, turned himself pretty much into a star. And uh, everybody's saying in the playoffs here, you know, he's going to go from more of an NBA head name to more of a household name. If, you know, you're a, you, at least a general NBA fan, if you're aware of players like the Suns, Devin Booker, people like that, then, you know, Dame Lillard on the, the Blazers, then uh, Pascal Siakam might be that next guy that uh, you should know. So, uh, any other awards? Oh, Rookie of the Year. Uh, that's probably the last biggest one that I can think of. Yet again, here's another one where just for the fun of it, you would like to say that Trey Young has come on late here to challenge Luca. And yes, after the All-Star break, he has. He's had an amazing second half. But you can't discount what Luca did first. Luca, you know, came on strong and it looked like he was going to run away with it. And he has fallen off a little, but he's still, you know, putting up Good numbers, solid numbers. His numbers are real comparable to Trey's. And he's done all season. So how could you not give it to Luka? So yeah, Luka Doncic. Rookie of the year. Uh, I think that one is pretty much close to a lock too. I know there's some talk like uh, last year. There's a lot of talk Donovan Mitchell versus Ben Simmons. And is Ben Simmons even a rookie? Now the uh, they want, you know, they just want to talk storylines. And they, they're doing that now for... Uh, Luca, considering he played in uh, European League overseas, are like, oh, does that mean he's technically a rookie? Yes, he's a rookie. First, you know, you know NBA. Uh, another uh, talk I heard, I heard this on the starters. They were talking about that idea that uh, Julius Randle a couple of years ago, when he was a rookie, played like 20 minutes and then got injured. And then when he came back his second year and he played, he technically wasn't. Uh, eligible for rookie of the year and when you think about it that's kind of crazy you think maybe there'd be some cutoff I know it'd be hard to figure out what that is and what you'd want that to be but I mean she's 20 minutes like he was still a rookie in his you know what was called his second year so he should have been eligible but yeah. um, I don't know let's just throw something out let's say you play under five games? Is that too much? Maybe three? Play under three games and you get, you're get you out for the rest of the year? Still technical? Tails still technically able, uh, eligible for a rookie of the year? No, I don't know. I don't know if that's anything they'll ever mess with. But uh, yeah, I guess that will bring us to our last topic. Uh, Russell Westbrook. And his 2020 tribute game to Nipsey Hussle. I thought this was quite interesting. Very unique. So one of a kind. First guy to do it. Only guy to do it other than uh, Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt's, of course, done everything and set every record there could be. And a lot weren't touched forever. So... This is kind of crazy that Russ did it. Uh, I know some people are a little upset because he really did manufacture this one. The coach wanted to take him out of the game, and he stayed in. And um, he went on the block, which you wouldn't normally do for for uh, free throws, and got one. But 
I mean, he did technically get it. You know, the other team could have stopped him. He was he did it uh, uh, against was that the Clippers or the Lakers? I know it was an LA team, which was interesting because you know uh, Nipsey Hussle. So uh, dig into the scores here. See, this is where I wish I could throw it to Nez while I kind of dance around and delay. What was that? That was yeah. That was Tuesday. That was that was against the Lakers. Um, so yeah, I mean, was it? It was in OKC though, so it wasn't uh, out in LA. But Russ, he is an LA guy. He went to UCLA, so I know he was actually close with Nipsey Hussle. He was part of his. Uh, Russ's foundation he helped out. I know there's a picture going around of uh, Nipsey Hussle and Russ together, and they're both in the Why Not aprons, uh, Russ's charitable foundation. So uh, nice for him to do that shout out, but so unique. Like, I know a lot of people say, like, oh, you're like, that's that's not true to the game. You're not being real. That's artificial. But I don't know. It's kind of a nice tribute. And I mean, if you're the other team, you gotta you gotta stop him. You know you you gotta stop him from getting these numbers. You gotta stop him from rebounding. You gotta stop him the you know from getting those assists. You gotta stop him from scoring. So I mean he did it. So and you know it was nice. It was a nice tribute. Uh, I gotta be honest, and I'll probably mention this again on regular East Society so I can get Nez's reaction. Uh, Nipsey Hussle is an artist I was aware of, but honestly, I didn't listen to his music. I know he was nominated for a Grammy this past year, and uh, yeah, I was, I was completely aware of his career, but I don't have any of his songs on my uh, phone or anything. I didn't, you know, really keep up with his career or anything like that, so. But still, crazy, tragic that. Uh, He's lost. Uh, I know they said they, they already got the shooter. It was interesting to see, and I'm looking forward to hearing Nez's reaction, that uh, I noticed all in the comments, and maybe this was just a social media thing. Sometimes you don't want to go in the comments. It's a dangerous place. But uh, I was seeing, like, everybody was in the comments was saying, like, it's this, like, government conspiracy. Like, he was, like, you know, doing things for his community and trying to show that, you know, uh, at least Crips... Uh, aren't, you know, if not Bloods and Crips, but Crips at least were were not, you know, evil people and were trying to help their community and was not a bad thing. So people are saying the government was out to get... Oh, I can't wait to get Nez's reaction. Uh, he always... Uh, uh, when it comes to these, like, social issues and these questions, I always love to hear his take and it makes for great podcasting. So hopefully you guys like it too. And I'll ask him that on the next podcast. But yeah... On that note, uh, we're hitting about the 40-minute mark. I like to keep these around 30, 40 minutes, so it's a good time to wrap this up. Uh, Nez, just as uh, I finished recording this, he uh, messaged me letting me know he got out of uh, Pet Cemetery. I don't want to tease. He teased his thoughts on it, but uh, I want you guys to listen to the next E-Society episode. He's going to give you his full take on Pets Cemetery. Uh, we're going to talk TV, movies, comics, collecting, everything we love to do. Uh, we got more anchors on the way. We still need to talk about that uh, Star Wars 
uh, image that leaked. Is it real? Is it not? Uh, all that. Uh, I want to talk this into existence. feel like it's one I've been talking about a while. Uh, I want to do our Fast and Furious rankings. Uh, I was a little encouraged by uh, the pod, the rewatchables. They just uh, did uh, Fast Five earlier this year. They did uh, Fast and the Furious, so... Yeah, I want to do those rankings, uh, put a little, uh, you know, keep letting Nez know. That's something I want to do. But yeah, uh, like I said, I'll probably be back real soon once the NBA season here wraps up to give you my final thoughts on the season. Uh, one more take on the playoff matchups, if they changed at all. If they not, if they didn't, then, you know, you heard it here. So anyways, thanks everybody for listening. Have fun. Be safe. And playoffs, here we come.